0: as we pray. God, this is your word this morning. It is quick. It is mighty. It's powerful. It's inspired by you. It'll help us, Lord, in every area of life. No matter what it is that we are faced with, the Bible has an answer. Lord, I pray this morning that as we stand before you, that we would open up our hearts, our minds, our understanding, we would receive the instructions found in your word. These are not words of man, but these are your words to help us through the issues of life. Help us, God, this morning. I need your presence. Amen. You may be seated. Did you know that God has a great escape story and testimony that he wants you to deliver. He wants you to have a tremendous story to tell others about what he has brought you out of. My father was so excited that to share his testimony, how God brought him out of the pits of despair and gave him a brand new reason for living. He would share that testimony wherever he could. He'd get someone in his car, he'd pick people up and get them in the car, he'd start preaching to them. That's the way my dad was. God has a testimony a story for all of us. So, this past few weeks, we've been lo- talking about the great escape. The series, this is series number three on the great escape. And this morning, we're looking at escape. Uh, constant worry was last Sunday. Next Sunday is escape from living death. We can escape living death this morning. Escape open wounds. See, life has a way of driving us all into the caves of captivity. And Jesus Christ wants to deliver us. Doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, how long you've been a Christian. God says, I know that you can find yourselves in caves of captivity, and I want to completely set you free. Over and over again, we're going to need those testimonies. About a month ago, I was in my garage. I was taking a windshield out of a vehicle. First time I've ever taken a windshield out of a car. I wanted to give it a whirl, give it a try. And so I had some wire. If you've ever done it, you know what it's like. You get a wire and you just kind of saw your way through and you just cut all the way around to the windshield pops right out. You hope you don't break it when you're doing it. That's the whole uh, test. You just, if you can do it without breaking it, you've accomplished something. And so I was working, making my way around, sawing it through the that sealant that keeps the windshield in place. And from time to time, that wire would break. As you put a lot of pressure on it, trying to cut through it, it would snap, get another piece of wire and put it in there, continue your journey. I was coming up the driver's side. And as I was yanking on it really hard, this way, in fact, I remember this way now, and uh, I thought at the last minute, standing on a chair, leaning over the roof, this is not too smart. The moment I thought, it just entered my mind. A split second later, it broke and I punched myself right in the nose. Now, my wife often likes to do that, but I gave myself the blow. Oh, man, my stomach got sick. Immediately got, and the tears started going down my face. And I just held on to my nose and walked around the grounds for a while. And I said, I think I better call her quits for the night. So I went in the house hoping I'd get a little comfort and healing from my wife. And all they did was laugh from my son and my wife those poor boxers i got a new appreciation for those boxers they get popped in the face all the time in the nose well happens to all of us maybe not in that way unique things always seem to happen in my life in 1980 i, I was working in construction building a high rise apartment 11 stories high and i'm scared to death of high heights anyways but i i was working in construction and in north battlever building this high rise apartment and trying to get the feet of these scaffolds loose from the scaffolding. And I had a sledgehammer hammering away, trying to knock the feet off. I didn't know there's a piece of plywood at the top waiting to find its mark right here on the top of my head. I had my hard hat kept falling off because I was stooping over. Kerplunk, right on the top of my head, a sheet of plywood. Well, I felt okay for about a split second. And then the heat, the heat, and then the blood. Oh, I said, get me to the hospital. I think I split my head apart. And so I held my hands to both sides of my head to hold it together. We rushed to the hospital. I had a beard at that time and longer hair and curlier hair. And they had I had to wait. They sat me in the waiting room, put a big white gauze on top of my head, put a band around there. So I sat there and everybody stared. I felt really good about that. See, we're really good with physical wounds. Oh, we know what to do. We bleed, we hurt, we run for help. We run to the doctor, we run to the hospital, we run to the nurse. We don't sit still with our open physical wounds. We get them mended. We get them stitched. The doctor, when he looked at my head, he said, ah, oh, nice, right down to the skull. And he stitched her up. But we know what to do. The doctors know what to do. They'll mend us. Put us back together, and then healing takes place by the hand of God. The ultimate healing does come from the Lord. We know that. But sometimes these wounds, they heal up so well that there's barely even a scar. Now, I know that I've been injured in the past on my arm. I got burnt one time working in the restaurant right here. Really bad, but there's not even a scar there any longer. It's gone. It's faded. But what about these inner Open wounds. Many times we bleed and we hurt, but we never run for help. And I believe sometimes it's because we don't know how. We just don't know how to do it. So we continue to live our lives with these inner open wounds. And what happens is it festers. It seems to get bigger and bigger. It gets in the way of everything we do. It comes out in our expressions. And our conversations, I had a conversation with someone this past summer and just a very, very short conversation. And after I walked away from that conversation, I realized and said to myself, there's a lady who's got some inner wounds. She's hurting. It just seemed to come out. Now, there are many symptoms of an inner aching, open wound. Here are some common ones that I'll share with you. There's an inner rawness. It just doesn't seem to ever go away. Irritable no tolerance hostile feelings sensitive Hard to forgive hard to accept love a lashing out There's an anger that can be directed towards God there can be self-hate easily frustrated self-punishment urges to retaliate irresponsible behavior irrational expectations of others hopeless feelings Constant restlessness and never satisfied, overeating, drinking, bad habits, giving into temptations of the flesh. These are some of the common symptoms of people that deep inside have an inner open wound. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Last week I said, worry will take away that abundant life that He has for us. And this morning, I want you to know that inner wounds, open wounds, wounds that have never been dealt with, can also take away this abundant life that Jesus died to give us. Too many Christians are not dealing with inner pain. Too many Christians are not living in the freedom. Too many Christians are not even pleasant to be around. Have you ever experienced that? You're hanging around a Christian and thought, I'd be better off not being here. Too many Christians are like Sister Brown. I've told this story before, but I love it. Sister Brown. My dad coming to church wanted to find his place in the pew. Had to Ease by, somebody stepped on her toe. By mistake, of course. My dad would never do it on purpose. And he said, oh, you're Mrs. Brown, because he knew her. She told him where to go. And it wasn't to heaven. Those that are new will like that. Those that have been here before say, he told that so many times. I love the story. I don't know why, but I just love it because my dad used to always tell it and it goes longer than that, but I won't get into it. I told the story at camp a few years ago and someone yelled out from the audience, she just needed a hug. And I said, you go hug her then. I was scared of Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown obviously had some wounds in her life and she's striking out, lashing out. They say hurting people hurt others. Got to deal with it. Well, let me... Give you a fact as we start this morning. Fact is everybody gets wounded. Don't ever think that you're the only one. I'm the only, pity me, I'm the only one that gets hurt. No, no. We all get wounded. Everybody's going to get a punch in the nose. You might not even punch yourself, but you might sometimes. Someone else might bop you in a certain way. Everyone's going to get a sheet of plywood on the head. It's going to hurt. Everybody's going to have words of death spoken to them. Everyone's going to have evil done to them. Face it. It's going to happen. It happens to the most spiritual. See, everyone that comes across your path is not sent from God. Everyone that comes across your path does not have words of blessing to deliver to you from the Father above. Not everybody is sent from God that you speak to. To the enemy as a plan as well. And did you know that some people are jealous of you? Did you know that not everybody likes you? Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Let's, let's face it. You're not going to win the world's, the world's hearts. Not everybody, somebody somewhere is not going to like you. And someone doesn't even like your joke. The jokes you tell. Some people say they're sick. I don't like them. Why? Because they don't like you. For whatever reason it is, you're not going to have everybody like you all the time. There are always going to be people that will be there to try and bring you down to the level that they're in, which is in the pit. And whenever you try to crawl out, they'll be there to pull you down. You can't do nothing. You're no good. They're not all sent from God. God. Now, there are some people that honestly hurt you. Good people also hurt others by mistake. Not everybody's evil. We just, because we have a mouth, we can run into trouble. James tells us that. And we say things at times we shouldn't say and cause damage to people. and, And so someone is faced with an inner wound, open wound, because of some of the words that have been said to them, even by good people. Lamentations two and verse thirteen says this: likens likens our wounds to being as deep as the sea, as deep as the sea. What a picture that we're given here, as deep as the sea. David said in Psalm one hundred nine, verse twenty-two: "For I am poor and I am needy, and my heart is wounded within me." Judges nine, verse forty. I read these words: Many fell wounded in the fight. We know there's a fight. We know there's a battle we're engaged in. Jesus told us that. Sometimes we get wounded in the fight. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I'm wounded. And you need to get back up. And go again. Many of my biblical heroes were wounded. Let me share with you two of my heroes that I know experienced inner open wounds. Moses is one of them. Moses was the greatest Leader of all time. But did you know that he could have not been the greatest leader of all time? We know what he did in his life. But if he had not somehow been able to deal with the wounds that were inflicted upon him. He would not have been the great leader that we know him to be. The fact is it might have been better off. He'd have been better off. If he'd have been stayed in the back side of the desert. Sheep. Are easier to look after than people. Sheep. Don't speak back too much. All they say is bad, 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 bad. They don't say too much. He'd have been better off if he stayed there. But God put a call upon his life Moses, I want you to set my people free. I want you to go and deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians. So Moses said, Yes, I will do. He had the Israelites' best interests at heart. So he did. What God called him to now, I want you to hear what was said to him. In Exodus 5, 21, the Israelite, the leaders came to Moses and said, May the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh. Man, how many know that had to hurt? How would that affect you? Exodus 14, verse 11. They said, Was it because there's no graves in Egypt? So there's no graves in Egypt, so you brought us out here to die? Another arrow that must have been awful difficult for Moses. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 2, it's bad enough when one person doesn't like you. Bad enough one person injures you, but it says in Exodus 16, verse 2, the whole community grumbled against Moses. Personal slander, I'm sure, and ministry slander. I know that Moses had to deal with inner wounds. I know that because we're all human. God made us the same. We have emotions. We can easily be hurt. But Moses led on. Moses marched on. Moses did what God called him to do. Another person is the Apostle Paul, another one of my heroes, We all know and read about his physical wounds. They're clearly marked and explained in the Bible, the shipwreck and the hunger and the the beatings and the thirst. But there were also some inner wounds that Paul experienced. And I want to share with you some of them this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 10 to 16. And as I read this, I, I can just hear the heart of Paul aching and hurting. And he says in verse 10, 2 Timothy 4, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me. And I wonder if he had any conversations with Demas. Demas, the world is becoming too attractive to you. You're called, you're set apart to minister with me. We've got a job to do. We've got a mission to accomplish. But Demas began to have an attraction to the world. And because of that, he walked away. And Paul goes on to mention some others that have gone as well. In verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. He says, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I've sent Titius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Verse 14, he says, Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. Oh, you can just feel his heart. It's aching. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Verse 16, But at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. Ever been there? Ever been hurt by that, stabbed by that? You felt all by yourself? Nobody there to comfort me? No one to help me through my wounds and my aches. Paul was there. Paul was there. But I want you to know that Paul didn't stay in that wounded condition. For I continue to read on. Verse 16, verse 17 says, But the Lord stood at my side. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it, You know, there's there's a point here I want to make. Here it is. The best thing for wounded people to do is get involved in the ministry. You can't, don't sit there, lick your wounds, but get up and say, God, surely there's a work that I can do. Your flesh will say, no, lick your wounds, stay down. But God will say, get back up and get in the ministry. And so that's what Paul did. The message might fully be proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. As you do, as you go, as you're involved in ministry, God does incredible healings. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Paul, we're going to learn from you today. How you dealt with inner wounds. Now it got worse for Paul. He was often criticized even by the churches he served, they criticized his change of plans. He's speckle. He doesn't seem to know what he wants. First, and Second Corinthians one verse seventeen. They criticized his letter writing. He can't write very good. They criticized the way God made him. In person, they said he's so unimpressive. They criticized his public preaching. And now they're now they're getting to where it really hurts. Get into his, he says his speaking amounts to nothing. How would you like to get up and share your testimony somewhere and someone will come to you and say, your speaking amounted to nothing? How would you take it? How did Paul accept it? It had to hurt. It had to create some inner wounds. Don't you think Paul had to deal with it? Don't you think that there were times in, in Paul's life that he had to escape? He had to escape the inner wounds. Of course, there were times. It wasn't just a one-time event where he said, okay, I can deal with it. It's done with. Now I'm good till Jesus comes. No, it's over and over and over again because real life brings real issues. Real life brings the possibility of wounds. Paul writes such a great, great verse of Scripture like found in... 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Then he spills it into the others and he says, there, your brothers stand firm. Do you think that when Paul wrote this, maybe he was also writing it saying, Paul, Paul, you need this as well. Paul, it's not just good for the Corinthians to stand firm, but Paul, you need it of course, it's happening that way. God is saying, "You need this as well." Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. There it is again, because you know that your labor in the Lord is never in vain. And so, Paul is probably saying, "I need to wear this. I need to live this. It's not just for the Corinthians. It's not just for their needs, but..." I have got some needs myself. I've got some inner wounds that God wants me to make my way through as well. And So he says in 2 Timothy 4, I think 8 to 10 in there somewhere, he says, I've fought a good fight. Finished the course. I've did my best. And there's a crown of righteousness awaiting me. Victory. Inner wounds come to all of us. But not everyone lives to escape them. But instead they live their Life in pain and in turmoil. And they die in their pain and their turmoil. They allow inner wounds to lead them in a darkened direction and never accomplish the dreams and the goals that God has planned for them. They live in defeat and spend their lives licking their wounds instead of escaping from their wounds. So I wonder what inner wounds do you need to to escape from this morning? As I said before, earlier, everyone experiences inner wounds. Let me share with you two of mine. Took my first church filled with gusto, determination. I'm going to be a success at my first church. After being there a year and a half, the district superintendent said to me, Gary, we're going to close the church. I wanted to fight it. No, 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 no. But we closed the church. And I remember feeling this personal injury that I inflicted upon myself. I told myself that I wasn't any good. I told myself that I you can't pastor. Who do you think you are, anyways? You gave your best, you shot, and you lost. I cried and cried. All these things I threw at myself. You couldn't even hold 30 people together, Gary. Do something else. Did I look for other occupations? Yes. I took a month off to get rejuvenated and deal with these open wounds. During that process of time, yes, I considered other things. But come back to the fact that God put his hand upon my life and said, I've got a direction for you. So I go to my second church. Pastor my second church. I'm there for three and a half years. Received a call from Thompson to... Go up there and serve as assistant pastor. I accepted. I resigned. And as I'm packing the truck, loading the boxes, the telephone rings, I answered the phone. Someone from the church called. And this is what he said to me. He said, Gary, he said, you're a church wrecker and a church destroyer. And he said, everything you do is going to fail. Everything you put your hand to is going to fail. I was speechless. A trickle just went down my cheek. Wounded. Hurt. What did I do? I kept packing. And I made that journey from that town to Thompson. A long journey. And I had some time to think. Had some time to pray. What do I do? I'm starting another position. Do I start off in defeat? Do I start off with these open wounds or do I try to deal with them now? And so to God, I gave you my life many years ago. I give it to you again. And this is what you want me to do. I'll go. I'll do my best. I've got to have these wounds healed. And I went on and experienced 14 and a half years of fruitful ministry in Thompson. See, those inner wounds could have made me fold. No, these are just two. I've had others. You've had others as well. We've all have inner wounds. They can make us all fold and crumble up and just curl up in the fetal position and say, it's over. It's game over. Inner wounds. How do you handle yours? Do they have your knots? Many, many years ago, I remember my mother was going through a deep inner wound. Someone on her side of the family was turned on her and slandering her name and lies and the gossip and oh it was so hurting to my mother. I said, Mom, Mom, what are you going to do? She said, Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to fight evil with evil. But give it to God. And that's what she did and God worked it out. How do you handle your inner wounds? I have five quick things I want to share with you. First thing you ought to do if you want to escape those inner wounds is admit you're hurting. Admit you're hurting. Speak it out. David said in Psalm 32 and verse 3, When I was kept silent, my bones wasted away. When we're silent about these issues, we just kind of shrivel up worse and worse and worse inside. Psalm 39, verse 2 says, When I kept silent, my anguish increased. So be honest with yourself. Say how you really feel. Break the silence. And number two, you've got to realize that the plans and the purposes, or the enemy has plans and purposes for you and for your life. Read Philippians chapter 1. God had a plan. The enemy had a plan. God wanted to have him preach. Paul preached the the gospel in the jail cell. The enemy wanted to shut him down in jail. The enemy has a plan for your life. And he loves to keep his captives in captivity as long as he can. If he can just keep a saint from using their gifts and their talents for growing the kingdom of God, he's, got, he's won a victory. If he can just keep you from launching into new directions for the Lord Jesus Christ, he's got you. And he's happy. He's got a plan. So whenever I'm wounded, and whenever you're going to think of this, God has a plan for me. God's going to bring me through it. But the enemy wants me to experience defeat. I'm not going to allow that to happen in my life. Number three, forgive. You've got to forgive those who trespass against you. Don't seek retaliation. Release them. Free those who hurt you. Cut the ties and pray a blessing upon their lives. It may be hard to do, but that's the only way to get free yourself. Number four, find a trustworthy friend. Somebody. Everybody needs somebody that they can talk to and, and uh, cry, a shoulder to cry on. Someone that can embrace them and be Jesus with skin on, we hear. It. They can just be a good listener and, and pray together and, and say, I've got to get out of this and I go and to do this alone and find someone. Number five, trust and believe God for inner healing. Get into God's comfort zone. Just let him hold you in his care and compassion. Let him hug you to health. Psalm 147, verse 3. The psalmist said, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. First Peter 2 and 24. By his wounds we are healed. There's healing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me close with this story. I might be, it was about two weeks, three weeks ago that Dave Lohan, you gave me a CD to listen to. It was on my desk, gave it to my wife, my wife put it on my desk and, and uh, he said, he wants you to listen to this. So I put the CD on while I was working. The CD is an hour and a half. After I listened to it, I phoned Dave up and said, thank you so much for that. I sobbed and I cried. And you said, Donna said you would. Oh, what a powerful, powerful testimony. Dr. David Gibbs shared the story, personal story of his experience in his life when he was young. Some of you think I'm going to go an hour and a half on this, don't you? No, no, no. I'll have you to tears if I do. Five minutes. Five minutes. 4 minutes an overview of it when he was very young his mother was stricken with polio and he said that he watched his mother suffer watched her her muscles tighten up and becoming incapacitated and he saw her wince in pain Broke his heart. It can't be happening to my mama. Not my mother. She had to go away for a while for treatment. He always looked forward to seeing her. And then the time came back, I believe it was two years later, when she was able to return home. And so she returns home. Not long after she got home, the pastor from their church called and said, I'd like to come over and visit with you. They said, sure. So he came over and prayed with them. And he said that the pastor said these words to his mother. The church took a vote. And we think it would be best if you didn't come back to church. See, the people are afraid they might catch what you have. And so we don't think it would be good and wise. And so she, she said, that's fine, that's fine. You know that it was probably hurting, though, inside. And meanwhile, her son is over there getting his fists ready. I'd like to pop the pastor right now. Well, he needed a popping. And so his mother saw that and said, Now, don't you, you honor me? when she made him settle down. And then she said, Well, pastor, would you pray with me now? Would you pray with me? I just want to know, what is it that I could do for God right now? I want to know what that is. And he said, God, is finished with you. Mm, now he's got two fists going. And I remember he said that when he left the house, he said to his mother, he said, when I go to the car, please keep your boys in the house. Ah, He said, I thought I could even pop them on the way out. <laughs> My mother wasn't looking. Pain. A new pastor came to down, town. Town. This is a new church now getting ready to start. He heard about this situation. He phoned up and said, can I come to your home? I'd like to pray with you. And so he came over and they prayed together. And she said, would you pray that I would just know what it is that God wants me to do? So he prayed that she would know what that is. And he, I think he stopped his prayer in the middle. And he said, I know exactly what you can do. You can be the Sunday school superintendent of our church. Now, we don't have any people yet, but you can be the Sunday school superintendent. She said, I accept. Now, you know this. I'm really condensing this. It's an incredible story. But down towards, not even to the end, the church begins to grow and explode. And they began to run up to 35 buses bringing children to Sunday school. God used her. She was wounded. She had to have been. She dealt with the wound. Got past the wound. Didn't lick her wound. Got up and said, there surely there's a work that I can do. What I'm saying this morning is make your wounds your stepping stones, not your grave markers. Get back up. Get back up. God has something great he wants you to do. He's got incredible things he wants to Flow through your dreams that have not yet been released. Why? Because there's something in the back there that's held you back for far too long. God is the bondage breaker, He can set you free. Stand with me. Lord, this morning, sometimes life is painful. Sometimes life is, deals with us some raw blows, sends us back a few steps, and sometimes it's difficult to get back up. And I pray God for those that are here this morning, and they may know very well how to handle the physical wounds, but those inner ones seem to have been hanging on far too long, hindered and hampered. Everything they tried to do. They had those symptoms. I mentioned the symptoms. Some have said here this morning, I got them all. But God, they don't have to leave with them all. We can deal with them. Give them to you. Instead of licking our wounds, we can cause them to become our stepping stones to greater things that you desire to do in our lives. So Lord, I, I commit this message to you. I ask you, Lord, to seal in the teaching, to seal in what has gone forth, that as members leave the church, the enemy would not come and snatch away the truth, but it be sealed, sealed there to do a deep, deep work so we can continue the journey of build, building and advancing your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. As we sing a song in conclusion, if you'd like ministry and prayer, just feel free to come out to the aisles and make your way down to the front. And we'll pray for you this morning.